Hey everyone, I am your host Vishnu and you are listening to Vishnu Vishnu Podcast Season 2 Episode 50 and on today's episode, our guest Dr. Janice Morais, she is a practicing and counseling dentist, certified counselor and coach, parenting coach, journalist, content creator and mother of twins and I really enjoy her articles and her YouTube videos about parenting. I am not a parent now. But I think that's going to be so useful and the way uh, she speaks uh, things and the, uh, the way uh, she explains things. And I'm super excited for this uh, amazing conversation and today episode because we are going to be talk about emotional intelligence, uh, childhood, how to connect with child's uh, values uh, and like things. This is going to be loves and a lot of things and I have a lot of questions uh, also from the audience and for herself specifically. So uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be sure you if you are a parent that's going to be so useful for your own self and for your child also because you're going to be learn a lot of things from here. So I think that's enough. So let's start. So first of all, thank you so much, Doctor, to come on my podcast. Thank you, thank you, Vishnu. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much for that. And like I want to talk about a lot of things, but I mm-hmm. think let us first talk about your childhood. Your like talk about little bit your parents, I think. <laughs> Aha, okay, okay. So let's start from there. So I am based from Bombay, born, brought up, married, schooling, everything done in Bombay. So when I was born, it was still Bombay. Now it is Mumbai. Um, my I have my parents who are both working, and we have been brought up in a nuclear family. So my dad, mom, me, my younger sister, and when parents went to work, I was brought up by my grandmother. So, and then uh, that's how my, when my colleging happened and I happened uh, to like science, I took up dentistry, but everything has been happening around Bombay and uh, I've been quite a logical thinking person that way. So everything has been in my younger days used to be all like black and white for me. Either it's right or it is wrong, nothing in between. So I was that kind of a person. That's how I have grown up. Today things are different, but that's how my childhood was. Yeah, like you talk about that, what yeah, your both parents are working, like both mother and father working. Mm-hmm. Talk, mm-hmm. talk about your connection with them. So, do you like there is a different kind of connection and there's different kind of parenthood and childhood. While yeah. your childhood, like you mostly live with your grand parents. So, like yeah. what your connection with your parents? I just want to know that. Yeah, so both my parents are into service, not business. So they had fixed timings. So when they were not at work and when they were at home with us, we share a very good bond with my parents. We are very connected family, like my dad, mom, my sister and myself. Though they are working parents, they are like the first for me. My mom and dad, uh, they've always been there. And um, like Saturdays and Sundays used to be the family outing days. And we have enjoyed lots of vacations together. We have always liked to explore, eat out, connect with other people also. So there are lots of things which I learned from my parents and I have been taking it forward even now. And they, I would say, did the best that they could with their knowledge as parents. They were already ahead of their time. Like 30 years back, when I'm talking about 30 years back, the kind of parenting you could be there, like ours was different. The discipline, we never had spanking and you know all that when my friends would talk about my parents are going to scold, they are going to hit me. We never faced those things. 
my parents were never the ones who would spank us or you know take those corporal punishment route for disciplining i have been quite open to them quite close to them and even today i am i owe a lot to them actually oh i think they are look like a super parent so yes yeah <laughs> yeah they are, they are. <laughs> so like you think about like you are a dentist you are a doctor so then mm-hmm. like how you come to in this like parenting counseling and all kind of other things ah, now that's one interesting story so i am a dentist for the last 11 years okay so when i completed dentistry i was doing i think i was working as an associate with uh, in a clinic with other established dentists and uh, then it so happened that i was expecting twins so that's when i had to stop stop my practice because after the 6 months it was getting difficult so dentistry at that point had to take a pause and then i started uh, like all the parenting books and all that started after the children were born i was so much engrossed and i am married in bombay and we live in a nuclear family so it's like me my husband and my children i have boy girl twins okay so in 2016 i delivered my twins and then it was all about motherhood and parenting and uh, we i'm a first time mother and everything for me was learning i'm learning 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 and as i said before i was very logical i am actually even now quite a logical person so for me everything has to be science backed so even when somebody would say massage has to be done in a particular way i would say why it has to be that particular way only so then i would go to the internet search which is the right way to do massage which is the right way to feed children which are the right food to be given to children so lots of lots of research i have done and most of them were science backed research backed because that's how i liked it and that's what i would do and then even with managing children their behavior i have looked at lots of videos of scientists and psychologists talking about behavior about the human mind and all that and i would use and apply those things on my children so the way i was raising my children was the way i have learned it from psychologists and scientists and science and research and uh, when my children were one and a half years around close to 20 months they started going to a montessori school that's when i started getting back to dentistry likewise again i'm learning and trying out things for my children and they are also growing up with their difficulties and you know all the difficulties were happening but theek hai chalo that was going on a few years and i am a avid reader by the way so i read lot of books on even self development like uh, emotional intelligence and all that you know so i then started applying those things on my children also so if for example self awareness why does it have to be something that we learn only when we are 30 40 50 why can't a 3 year old child be aware of their own self is what i thought so i started applying all those tactics on them also and i saw that they were getting more self aware of their own feelings and emotions and that i could notice and even people outside started noticing so my children's friends parents they would also notice and they would say but janas your children are slightly different what do they do so sort of you know the consultation thing started then i would say okay a child doesn't eat maybe you should try this 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 okay the child does this maybe you can try this 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 so i was just going on consulting people 
and uh, while doing that once it so happened that during the pta parent teacher meeting the teacher asked me that i want to know what do you do differently with your children why are your children so expressive and that teacher also happens to have her own son okay and then she asked me this now at that point i felt that maybe i'm doing something different maybe i need to get more into this so that's when i decided ki chalo let i maybe i should look at uh, this coaching kind of thing seriously and i won't do anything just haphazard so that is why i started doing my masters degree in psychology in fact i'm halfway through so now when i do think i want to be sure of exactly sure of what i'm doing so when i have clients or you know people seeking help i need to be sure of what help i'm giving them so it organically i came into this coaching kind of a thing because somewhere i felt that there is a need and somewhere i felt i'm able to fulfill that so that's how this has come here and since i have to do everything in a particular way not in a haphazard way that's why i did coaching i did i am certified counselor and i even did coaching two certifications in coaching and i'm doing like full fledged coaching now so that's how from dentistry to coaching that's how like uh, you are still doing the dentist things am i right yes in fact uh. tomorrow i have two patients on saturday <laughs> so tomorrow morning i will be having a uh, patient tomorrow okay. to attend that so i am a practicing dentist very much mm. and i also have calls where i have to consult people so both the things are happening right now yeah that's so beautiful and i think like people uh, should have to be consult with you because you are doing a lot of experiment in your own child uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah sometimes i just joke that they are my guinea pig so oh i Uh, I think after certain period of time, your child says, "Mama, are you really doing experiment with us? Like, what exactly you are doing? So, like, you taking the kind of data up. from us?" <laughs> so when they grow up, they may ask me this also. I don't know. <laughs> they will hear this podcast after twenty years, and they'll ask me. <laughs> oh, Mama! Yeah, I just know the secret. I like this, this kind of things, and I think like. Like first talk about like uh, I also want to talk about the childhood and everything. So, but first I just mm-hmm. want to know that what exactly mean when we talk about parenthood and parents uh, because like suddenly you don't know like after a marriage after nine months mm-hmm. uh, like you uh, become a parents like mom and all kind of things you can't able to handle. I think there's a lot of responsibility come out of them yes. automatically you yes. don't realize it. Okay, so let's talk yes. about that phase in your life because I think you did a lot of experiment in your own life. Talk about uh, your own experience. Yeah. So if uh, so if I have to start about when my children were born. So see, first of all, motherhood is very difficult. Anyways, okay. And I had two at the same time. So when they say, "Oh, twins, so lucky, one boy, one girl," I think people don't realize the difficulty that goes through in raising two people the same age at the same time. and i didn't even realize actually there were some hormonal changes happening in me which very late later in life i realized that i was actually battling postpartum depression which i didn't know about i was so unaware in fact people are unaware that such things happen i thought it was only um hormonal changes it was because i am overworked that is why i am not able to handle and it's happening you know or this is how motherhood looks like because this is my first time experience so uh, 
we never know and i didn't know whom to seek help from because i didn't even know i needed help i just knew that everything around me is a mess things were very very difficult the first year in fact um i have i mean the number of days i have cried and all it's too much and no it's not only me many mothers are going through this i was i'm one of them who has gone through this it's i think somewhere when my children were 17 months old that's when i realized that what i was and what have i become what has motherhood done to me and ever since i was a kid i always had this thing i always liked babies in fact as a kid i would ask uh, my mom dad let us adopt more children let us get more babies from the street let's get babies so i'm always the kind of person who has liked babies but with my own children i wasn't very happy the initial first days so those that like a split personality stuff happening inside me and then when they were 17 months it was like a decision i made that no i have got these two people in my life and they better be happy they deserve to be happy and i will see to it that they are going to be happy and then how do you make your children happy start hello yeah yeah i am listening yeah sorry yeah and okay i couldn't hear you so it was like how do i make them happy and that is by me becoming happy that is the realization that struck me and i uh, when you say you no know, you create your happiness i started doing that i forced myself to be happy and it was trying trying and after some efforts i was successful i was it's like you know you send your intentions to the universe and universe listens to you so things were happening i was listening to the right podcast i was looking at the right youtube videos and all that so things were slowly slowly shifting uh the i was uh, doing affirmations if you heard of that yeah. that you know i am going to be happy i am happy i started creating that and i started seeing a shift in my life there were some people who were leaving my life there were some people who were entering my life the energy around me started changing and slowly slowly when my children were going to be two i saw a major shift in my life in 6 months i saw a major shift in my child uh, in my life so first one and a half years were very 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 difficult it's only when i started making a choice that i have to be happy lot of healing had to be done healing inside me had to be done lot of inner child healing needs to be done as parents when we become parents lot of things from our childhood start coming up okay so that's when i was doing lot of this inner child healing all those healings were so so very much necessary to become the parent that i am today it is not easy it's difficult but anyone can do it like like i don't think anyone but i think like, <laughs> the no, people no, no, have like, like I believe everybody has that power inside them. Each and every one. You just need to believe it. You need to have your intention. Once you send out your intention, you will get the right energy coming to you. And that I have seen it happening in my life. And also, yeah, it take a lot of like take a times because you can't just suddenly say that like I am happy, 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 and then things going to be change out. It take one, two, and like a week. I'm right. 
no it won't just happen it takes okay. time you have to start believing it and then things change you have to make a decision to be happy and you will be happy you need to make a decision that i'll be a good parent and automatically there'll be some youtube videos which you'll see some tips which you'll see and you'll start applying it in your family uh, on your children and you see things shifting just the intention is important yeah and just totally i think the other thing is that i heard somewhere like if you want to be happy are a good parent just uh, uh, write in your social media accounts like i am a good parent i am a happy person and when people tell you like when you whenever you are sad or something people tell you are you are a happy person that right so like that like people tell you no so that's like mm-hmm. automatically you become happy so i do uh-huh. the kind of things like <laughs> and the most grateful and then then i whenever i like just feel little bit like sad and that kind of thing that people say oh chill man and that i say yeah i'm just cool buddy and that kind of thing so <laughs> that really help i think I, I, the other thing is that connecting with the right people like you and i think okay. when we first connect we do, didn't talk much we just talk about the date and everything and then suddenly like the question and everything so it's just not that <laughs> we didn't connect much and the today i think this is going to be a long conversation and uh-huh. I, i i like this type of conversation because you uh, really become a good friend to someone when you talk for one hour and yeah i right? uh, yeah 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 you're right hmm, uh, in the accident time you just call hey hi how are you and then just you cut the call and max uh, yeah. like message you sab kuch badhiya yes. and that kind of thing but yes, like, yes. Mm, and you uh, say things before like yeah that's your first time experience and i think a lot of that uh, is that is a first time experience uh, nobody yeah. practice yeah. it but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like there's a things like a wisdom for like other ladies the older ladies and the other our mothers they will be grand parents they give our wisdom about uh, like uh, parenthood and i think <laughs> most parents now in india also they think like it's not any kind of things that you should have to be know parenting and everything like raising a child is automatically going to happen in your life uh, but yeah the, right yeah yeah they take it for granted that yeah. you would know everything but it is and because you know even i had this thing that oh i'm a mother i should know and in social media you know you hear people saying a mother knows everything how will a mother know everything without having the knowledge without reading things how will a mother know see mother mothers can be intuitive but but you can't expect mothers to know and i had this guilt you know my child is crying and i don't know why my child is crying and i am a mother and i should know how would i know i need to understand no oh maybe it's stomach ache maybe the nose is blocked maybe the child some insect bit my child somebody has to tell me no that there could be so many reasons so i don't believe that when people say mothers know mothers will not know unless you tell them unless they get the knowledge from somewhere and also one thing i would like to say is the grandmothers our mothers have given us wisdom it is getting passed on but one thing i'll tell you the way the technology is changing today the way researches are happening in every field including in the field of psychology i can say that we cannot be stuck to what our mothers and grandmothers said we have to change with the moving time when my mother was raising me she never had the problem of screen time but today when i am raising my children i have that there was no internet back then when i was a kid but today that is a big problem in fact online schooling is happening so things have changed so 
that time parents at that point didn't know what how to manage screen time but today we have to learn and from where do we learn best part is we have psychologists who have done research and they're telling us how much should be the screen time and how do you handle the tantrums and why do we need to do it that way so i would uh, though you you know you can take some wisdom from your grandmother and your mother about how they have parented us but i would still say you make your choice wisely using the current scenario using the research using the knowledge which is available today what was done 30 40 years back cannot be done right now the times have changed parenting needs to change now yeah totally agree with that and i think yeah the, the best part about technology internet and all these things like you can get a lot of uh, books uh, videos freely if you want to learn some things new about yourself your parenting good about your child about their psychology but uh, the other thing is that i don't know it's about the indian things is like uh, who just take care of this like this kind of thing just like we just take so granted and after i think uh you also see in the facebook and other kind of platform there is a video code like vrdasham bhej dete last me so that kind of thing is going on and then like people blame their child like why they do that uh. and old age home but let's talk about your parenting good when you are parents what kind of value that you give your child nobody talk about that it easy to blame someone from my perspective mm-hmm. let's talk about this because this is you you telling about um ियोज so if for example if a person has put his mother in an old age home either the parents were never that connected with the child or maybe inherently that man that child has been a little selfish person so you cannot totally blame parenting and you cannot uh, take away the fact that parenting also could have made an impact there so it could have been either you cannot make a tell that a person if he has put his parent in an old age home you cannot say if that person is a bad person or uh, maybe the person is good person because see i would not judge any person there you never know what that person is going through that way so you, if somebody has been put into an old age home i would not judge the parent also i would not judge the child also because we never know the situation what is what has happened there having said that i would say connection based parenting was never there um two generations back so now whoever is an old in old age home and all i think those are all the ones who never believed in connection based parenting so for them uh in fact even now it goes on we are the parents i am the person in authority i will see what has to be done and i will do my way so for the child it's either my way or the highway you know that way okay. and that's what the child is learning acha so that's what happens that is what elders do so elders can do whatever they want whether it makes sense or no 
so when i become an elder person i will also do anything what whether it makes sense or no so we are role modeling all that stuff the authority that we are showing on our children today they are not going to be children they are not going to be children forever today my child is 4 year old i can boss around in 10 years my child is going to be 14 a teenager who's going to give back to me and in 20 years my child is going to be 24 and adult with a job possibly and will not even and will be a person in authority at that point and that time what do, what do i say i was exactly that i was the person in authority today the authority has shifted it has gone to my child who's 24 so instead of having that authority on my child why can't i see uh, um why can't i take my child as my equal now see again when i say equal i say equal but not the same i am still the mother my children are still the children we are not the same but why can't we be equal members of the family why can't i start allowing my children to make small decisions for themselves right now you know when they are younger for example they don't decide what clothes they want to wear it's a small thing i still decide no which clothes i buy i go and buy the clothes for them i am still the person in authority but i will show them okay you wear the red one or the yellow one okay it's your choice and i tell that to my daughter for instance and she feels that okay she decides to wear the red one and she feels she has got the authority i mean she uh, she is empowered now and she feels she has made the choice and she feels okay so we are uh, we are what do you say we are equal here equal members of the family my mummy gave me two clothes i decided what i want to wear so you know they have become equal now mummy is equal to me so now when she sees me as equal we'll have the same equal relationship forever she was she is not going to uh, grow up one day and think that she is having an authority on people younger to her or she is going to have authority on weaker people like old people like i will be old so she will never feel that she has the authority on me because she has grown up not seeing authority so why will she put me in a old age home is what i will think yeah. right it's a possibility and i'm totally connected with her in that way giving them when when two people are in different levels they can never be connected like for example if there is a boss in your company and you are at a executive level and there is a manager you are normally friends only with the executive with people of your level it is difficult to find a friend on a different level the connection on a different level is not really possible so if i tell my child that i am at this level and you are below me how am i going to connect with my child right so your actually main funda is we need to bring a shift in the perspective of the way we see our children why do we see them as weaklings who are below us why do we see our children as people who can't make decision on themselves because they have no brain give them some time their brains are developing it will develop but respect can still be given connection can still be made right by not putting them on that perspective has to change actually once we change a perspective towards the way we look at parenting and the way we look at our children the way we parent will change there will be a major radical shift actually from how it was previous generation yeah i just 
totally agree with that and i think it's like giving them choice and the other thing that you talk about like uh, when a parent like is a 30 or 40 and the child is like uh, uh, 13 and 15 like they can't connect like child just want to connect with other youngers and the teenagers and like mm-hmm. they, i think that period of time the like, parents should have to be just uh, take little bit like uh, time of their schedule and yeah yeah like take yeah. efforts i think that's the most important part and yeah. that thing that things i think most of the things that change like are you really giving the effort that you needed to give your child and giving them time and everything mm-hmm. because child not going to be like oh i have to be like be with mama and papa because they really mm-hmm. they are like in this all kind of social media and, and like connecting with other yeah. people and exploring and mm-hmm. so that is why to keep a connection right from the young age becomes so vital So what happens is when a child is one year old and the child is two, we find them so cute, cute. You know, we like to play with them, and they just started to talk, and they are so cute, and we we are so much attached to them and all. But once they become three, four, and then you know the toddlerhood comes in, and then we say, oh my God, this child doesn't listen to me. It's getting so difficult. So then the, suddenly you don't find your child so cute, and suddenly a connection, no, there itself starts going. You know, little bit, little bit. but there at that point if you realize that you know i have to be connected to my child because the connection that we have now will remain always even when the child is a teenager you will still be connected with the child because that connection has become part of your routine if every day you are able to spend some time with your child and you continue that as your routine just like how you brush your teeth every day why can't you have that sort of conversation with your child every day If you continue that, don't you think when the child is a teenager, also the child is going to come to you because the child is so used to that connection. The child just needs to know that my parent is available without any judgment. Every person, not even a child, any person, you and me, we all want somebody who understands us. And for our children, if it is going to be us, nothing like it. We are parents are those set of people who can always uh, think, wish the. best for the children so let us be the ones who are connected with the children let us be the ones where the children come running to when they grow up when they are teenagers even when they are older let let parents be the one they come to so for that we have to start working right now itself like when they are young itself and if your children are 8 9 10 it's still not late you can still connect with them don't let your ego come in between in fact i would say even if your child is a teenager 14 15 and uh, you have not had this connection based parenting still try to connect with your child what your child would do your child would think oh what happened to my mom what happened to my dad acting crazy these days trying to talk to me let them think no what's there to lose your parents think something about you they anyways going to think something teenagers think anything about their parents let them think this why do you keep your ego between you and your child once you shed your ego you'll be able to connect in fact in any relationship why do we keep it in the most precious relationship of a parent and child i i think that's the reason for all the things like when your child is small and cute and they don't able to speak then we all like them mostly parents and when mm-hmm. they start speaking and taking like mama i just want to do in that way. and you like mm-hmm. then the ego uh, i just read mm-hmm. in somewhere uh, and i think how so my child talks yeah. to me that way mm-hmm. you know that kind of a thing <laughs> because you think of yourself as an authority 
so you cannot ex- you know you cannot accept it that a 4 year old child can how dare he talk to me that way i am the one doing everything and this is how he talks to me if that comes in between how are we going to connect you know and and oh, one more thing is that any behavior any human behavior has an underlying thought belief or feeling like when you do something you have some thought process you have some feeling behind it when we want to achieve some goals because you have some thought that if i achieve this goal i will do this uh, you have a feeling of you know being successful so all our actions our behavior is because of that likewise when the children behave in a particular way they have a feeling behind it it's just that they are not able to communicate and that's where we need to step back try to understand them try to understand their thoughts and feelings because they are too young to understand what is happening within them it's overwhelming for them at that point if we also go on behind them ke respect me i am your mother i am the parent person in authority the child would get so perplexed that's why we have so many tantrums and then we call that you know that stage of terrible to and uh, temper tantrums and all that why is that happening the child is an overwhelm the child doesn't want to trouble you the child is having difficulty the child is trying to communicate difficulty and that point instead of shouting if you are just available connecting to your child validating their feelings they realize that there is somebody who understands me and all feelings are okay all feelings are welcome and i am safe they grew up with a secure attachment with their parent and whatever you do their brain is getting wired in that particular way huh? whether you're going to be connected to your child or you're going to be disconnected to your child whether you're going to be the person in authority or you're going to be the person who's going to be equal everything is getting registered in the child's brain and especially the first 5 6 years these are the foundational years so this will act as a foundation for the adult life also so we parents have the power not only for our children's childhood but even how they would think in their adulthood based on how we parent on those 5 6 years because the brain is getting formed that time so if you only remember that one point that for the first 6 years whatever i am going to do with my child whatever interaction i am going to do with my child is building their brain just write it down somewhere and keep repeating this to yourself so automatically your reaction is going to be directed in a way in a positive way because every parent wants their child to grow up in a positive way right not as an aggressive person and all that so automatically you will not show your aggression because you don't want your child to grow up as an aggressive adult right so the foundation is there the brain formation is happening there very crucial and i think the foundation is the most important things for like everything like whatever you do in your life and the uh-huh. other thing is idea like it's like we are like human being and i don't know about other animal where we just like afraid <laughs> to be change things 
like whenever something's new come out we are like first afraid about that like is that going to be harmful and then we uh, like accept that things after certain bit of times so, and then i think so, like after a toddler and then become a teenager and everything like we also afraid like uh, they don't talk much i am not talking to with you and there's uh, something is going on but let's talk about other things like you mostly talk about in like parenting code and everything is just come out in these days and uh, i just want to talk about in uh, in which way like like we talk about in like a, a units family and the other one is the joint family okay and most uh-huh. people uh, these days like uh, live in nuclear family in big cities in apartment and uh, that kind of things so, and mm-hmm. i live in a joint family and i think uh, i am fortunate for that <laughs> yeah yeah it both yeah. system has its own pros and cons yeah but uh, mm-hmm. i think so, there is Uh, for my perspective uh, tell me what you think about it i think when you are in a joint family uh, there is so much is going like you connect with a lot of people so if your parents uh, there's something is going on you can connect with your like uh, uh, any other one like you can connect with your uh, your sisters your brothers your grandparents uh, and like mm-hmm. you can connect with them talk with them so you don't feel that kind of uh, Uh, unfeelingness like uh, i don't have relatives and that kind of things so let's talk about it like is that uh, impact uh, in childhood mindset like the yeah. which family yeah. they grow up yeah yeah it would it would in fact i would say uh, so whether you are in a joint family or you are living in a nuclear family both has its own pros and cons so now for example a joint family there are a lot of people staying in together so for a child there are lots of people they are looking at and uh, learning from so lots of learning is happening when they see variety of people there is variety of learning and the social skills that they develop we need all those skills you cannot be alone and learn social skills this pandemic has made everybody that way aloof but uh, ideally the more number of people around the more um, uh learning you have in terms of uh, people management conflict resolution because you are going to go to office one day and you are going to have problems with your uh, colleagues or boss and subordinates how do you manage them is all learned not in a classroom but at home okay so in a joint family such um what do you think situations arise so frequently there's so much for a child to learn but the cons is that everybody wants to parent the child in a different way somebody would say uh, the child has to be spanked you have somebody would say that you have to yell at the child somebody would say you need to punish the child but there is somebody who's into gentle parenting and would say that no no this is not how it is done psychologists have said this is not the right way to do so those kind of parenting there is no consistency in the parenting so the child is confused okay am i supposed to do this or am i supposed to do that so if the for example the mother is the one who is uh, into gentle parenting okay and uh, the other family members uh, for example the uh, grandmother okay she is not into the gentle parenting stuff and then uh, there is a conflict between the mother and the grandmother so the mother wants it in a particular way and she is not the kind of person who would give in for a tantrum okay so if a child wants an ice cream and the mother would say no you are not going to get it and the mother is going to be consistent with it and not going to give it to the child but the grandmother at that point comes and gives in the ice cream so there is no consistency the child knows oh if i throw a tantrum if i cry my grandmother is going to come 
so there is then there is a conflict there and the child suddenly somewhere learns okay for this thing i have to go there for this thing i have to come here so the uh, the kind of parenting you want to uh, put forward the way you want to raise your child becomes slightly difficult when all the family members are not in the same page so that way it could become difficult in a nuclear family it is just the father mother and nowadays there is just one child so child and father mother so here it's only that there is some conflict between the mother and father which if they are able to resolve uh, amicably in front of the child so the child knows uh, this is what it is uh, discipline you know the parents can make set of discipline set of rules family rules and all that and then that becomes there is no much of conflicts happening so that way the kind of parenting you want happens in a nuclear family but again there is a compromise on the social skill with the child is only seeing two adults at home with the pandemic there is no there are no friends there is no school there are no relatives and nothing happening so that way had it been a joint family you would have had so many people around you know to mingle which is again man is a social animal and needs the social life so there is pros and cons in both so i wouldn't say one is better than the other both are different situation both have different pros and cons yeah i just agree with that also like yeah the cons and pros and everything is going on like it's about to in which way that uh-huh. you want to be like a in which way that you want to be like a parent Uh, parenting your child and the things like you talk about i think a lot of people they, they hear about like parents do good thing for their child but you talk about like gentle gentle way of parenting yes. and all other kind of parenting so let's talk about how many type of parenting is um, and yeah. like talk little bit about them and how you define like there is some kind of so, how you someone uh, define that yeah aha uh-huh. so uh, being gentle uh is uh, i would say being respectful you need to respect your child because as i said we are equal i am the mother you are the child we are equal though we are not the same but we are equal and uh, see that's what i say now in india we would uh, we say badon ka aadar karna chahiye like the elders have to be respected but does that mean the children should not be respected what have they done to not get that respect i i mean why it is the respect of con, uh, the concept of respect is only for the elders it can be for the children also so what happens is i'll tell you the advantage of being respectful to children one is when we are respectful towards them as i said everything is happening in their brain the wiring is happening in the brain they feel that i am a respectable person i deserve respect so when the child grows up also when he is in the office and all that the child's self value the self worth self esteem is always high because the child is respected but if there is another child who has not been respected at all oh you're useless you can't do this you can't make a decision well what have you done i told you so many times when a child is growing up the brain has constantly been wired to think this way that child finds it very difficult to make decisions because oh i'm useless or oh, what if i am wrong see the confidence is not there what is the self esteem outside when the child goes out so that is one thing okay one is about the self esteem mm-hmm. 
the second is when you respect somebody you automatically are connected to that person you feel nice when somebody respects you like for example the way i'm talking to you if i wouldn't be talking this way and if i would talk disrespectfully would you like to continue our conversation no way no. <laughs> so likewise why are children very different they exactly the same so they also i mean because their parents they would just tolerate us so, but after a particular point when they grow up they realize they would not want to be connected to us so second is the bond the parent child bond that can get formed with respectful parenting and that is going to be a lifelong bond and when you said about that uh, child be uh, the parent being sent to old age home which child would send their mother and father to old age home with this bond no right and the third one most importantly is we tell our children talk with respect how does a child know how to talk with respect when you yourself are not talking to the child respectfully you talk to the child with respect always the child will never learn how to talk disrespect disrespectfully from where do they learn just like how language a child learns the accent the child learns now you see a child born in uk and the child born in the us both speak english but both the english are different the accent of of from the parents so likewise the tone they pick up from the parents and the way we talk respectfully or disrespectfully is also picked up by the parents i mean from the parents so the children pick up everything from our parents from their parents so when parents are talking respectfully and behaving respectfully we are modeling we are being the role model then you don't have to tell your child talk to me with respect because the child is already going to be talking to you with respect now uh, when now these are the reasons why we need to you know uh, risk, uh, risk be respectful now how can we be respectful to our children one is by the way we talk okay second is um see you need to realize that children they are little human beings they need respect and hence they shouldn't be manipulated you shouldn't manipulate them or even things like bribing and uh, threatening punishing thanking these are all not respectful would you like somebody doing that to you no then why would a child want their own parent to do it for them parents are the one are those people the child looks up to and if parent is the one who is going to thank you who is going to uh, put you on time out and take it go and stand in that corner or go whack you or give you punishment there is no respect there the child feels so isolated again think about this what kind of wiring is happening in the brain everything is happening in the brain just remember you, all your interactions what you doing what you having with your children today it's all getting registered in their brain if not consciously subconsciously 100% it is being registered even the respect that you show to your children is being registered how else can we show them respect by giving them choices in what small decisions that they are making that their choice matters and uh, like how if i'm working i don't want somebody to come and disturb me likewise when a child is working i mean uh, playing play is the work of a child 
when the child is playing don't go and disturb them every now and then okay suddenly the child is playing and okay ho gaya now just keep everything back in place don't say that that is very disrespectful for the child well, how you could say is okay in the next 5 minutes we need to keep the toys back inside because it is time for dinner why can't we just say this how respectful that sounds you just have to tweak little bit here and there and if in your head you respect your child then automatically the way you behave with your child changes today the child is a 3 year old child 20 years from now that child is going to be 23 and that time you're going to uh, maybe the child is going to be a doctor okay and that time be respecting your child because oh he's a dog why can't you respect your child today because he is your child why can't you just be respectful that is because in your head you are having authority over your child because that is how it has been passed on like our grandparents showed authority to our parents and then our parents showed it to us because that's how everything has happened now if i can continue that i will show authority to my children and my children will show it to uh, their children this will go on and on and on this is not the kind of parenting we can have today in the world of this kind of technology that is why i say now we need to have a shift into the respectful gentle parenting situation we cannot have authority over our children in terms in times of this technology so in this generation parents who have children now we need to put aside our ego put aside our authority this one generation works towards it the next generation onwards they will be all those people who think of you know gentle parenting and respectful parenting that is the need of our because times have changed technology has taken over your child will just slip out of your hand if you are not respectful towards them if you are not respectful towards them that's the technology that is so scary right now so more than the children needing it you need it parents need it we need to be connected to our children before technology takes our children away and it's happening sooner than later first time, first initially it used to be the teenage is happening when the child is 13 now it happens even at the age of 10 9 and 10 that's what i hear from other parents this respectful parenting happens is for us but again when i say respectful parenting it doesn't mean permissive parenting okay like okay you do whatever you want okay you don't want to eat fine don't eat okay you want to climb on the chair okay you climb on the chair whatever you say is right no again that is only because i'm respectful doesn't mean i'm permissive again there is a difference because if i say no you don't show authority that doesn't mean immediately that okay okay i have no to not show authority that means i should allow my child to do everything no there is a middle ground that's where the respectful parenting is right in the middle so here what we do is exactly to understand respectful parenting is you give your child a boundary a limit and within the limit you can do whatever you want okay so for example in now this is my house and i will tell my child okay you can explore whatever you want but you cannot climb on the table so that is my boundary for example that is the boundary i have made now my child will come and try and stand on the table but i have to be consistent and say i'm sorry i'm not going to allow you to climb on the table i am being respectful and consistent and calm i'm being gentle 
but at the same time i'm not permitting at the same time i'm not being authoritative by telling you better not climb on the table otherwise i'm going to whack you so you get that so it is right in the middle respectful parenting is not giving permission respectful parenting is not being authoritative it's exactly in the middle and this works yeah. this is science fact children yeah. in fact like it because they are safe within the boundary they know exactly what where they need to be and they have freedom within that place they know exactly what they should be doing and they know exactly what they shouldn't be doing so they feel safe in such kind of environment yeah. that is in a gist that is respectful parenting and like everybody who is listening now all the fact is scientific okay so <laughs> and also experimented by her the yes. or doctor also so you can trust them <laughs> yes yes i have i have uh, tried all these things it is difficult because children keep on pushing the boundaries because they would want to know why you can tell them because you would fall still they would try what is the meaning of fall you know they would try to push their buttons but you need to be as a parent that's where that's the job be calm be consistent be gentle takes time that's why respectful parenting is time consuming it takes lot of energy it takes lot of effort that's what i said the first 6 years there's lot of effort in building the brain only then we are able to build the adult yeah like that's the thing i think that's make a parent so different from all the other like from child mm-hmm. like child and like they have more responsibility they come they understand things they understand behavior and psychology also and i think mm-hmm. that's so interesting and the other things uh, uh, i just want to talk about it like we talk about like uh, give respect and everything and like mm-hmm. i, I uh, read somewhere because i read a lot like you mm-hmm. and it's about like uh-huh. communications like everything like in every relationship like it's your your husband wife or uh-huh. your relatives are in your children with your children everything is mm-hmm. communication if you like respect them if you don't communicate with them there is no yes. like after they will be respect you in a certain way but after a situation just come out and they just suddenly shout you shout on you and like or oh, just like move on and like don't talk with me like that kind of behavior shown ha, after a particular period of time so how a parent who didn't yes. talk much with their child and uh, still listening yeah still listening this podcast now and uh-huh. <laughs> want to know that how to com- communicate with them because they are also like just 13 at 14 yes. year old and they communicate like uh, use uh, instagram and everything and other platform how they mm-hmm. start the communications is that they go and just tell hey buddy and hey boy hey girl let's talk me about your problem and everything because that's not going to be work out so how is start a communication with the uh, how to start communication okay so i'll tell you start communicating to your child start talking since the day the child was born even the child who doesn't understand a word start communication that time itself and one more thing communication may not be only verbal our body language talks a lot and children babies first 12 months they exactly understand your body language the way you're talking the way you're looking at them the way you're touching them our gesture eye contact everything is communicating something so communication is not only talking like how we both are talking right now communication is much more than that so this can start the day the child is born so 
okay and about our verbal communication talking to our children so when our children are very young they are cooing you know when they are one month two months they are just babbling something keep talking to your baby whatever you're doing okay i'm going to change your diaper now there is a bird who has come and sat on the window look at the fan the fan is going round keep talking to your child the child is listening to you this is also important for language development yeah but more importantly your child knows you are giving your 100% to your child you are available and even when the child is growing 1 year old 2 year old once they are 2 to 1 and a half they start talking now the baton is in their hand okay and now when they are talking most of the things that they are talking is something which we know they would look out of the out of the window and they say the car is going we know the car is going so it is boring to you know keep on listening to things which we already know but by giving you know that attention to them oh, oh yeah you saw the car yes it's moving thank you for showing me that and you just say that much and you see the charm in the child's eye wow i showed something interesting you know we are communicating respect there and this you continue start talking to your child about yourself about your day the child will continue to talk about their day now when i was uh, when they i would pick, pick them up from their place play group and i was in the clinic and i would come and i would tell them things what happened in my clinic my friend did this something i don't know how much they understood also but they would keep looking at me and as if intently they are trying to listen they are trying to understand and then i would say you know my friend know this auntie today she had worn a red color dress because i knew at that point they were learning colors so i would talk about the colors and then as they grew up and i wanted to uh, teach them about feelings and emotions so that you know that raising self awareness i would talk about things that today i am feeling very uh, tired today i'm feeling very angry because this happened today i'm feeling happy today i'm feeling excited that we are going to the park so all these things were inside me but i would verbalize it and i would tell it to my children so they always heard me talking to them something or the other i am doing this today i'm going to make dal with chapati i wanted to eat rice but today i'm making dal with chapati uh, chapati because rice is not there or something of that sort you know go on with that so what happens here the child is constantly listening to one of the parents talking child thinks this is normal let me also talk and the child is also talking so the child is automatically telling whatever happened during the day today this uh, my friend came he had got biscuit for the tiffin and then he did this he i wrote the alphabet a and teacher said this automatically my child is also talking to me because i am talking role modeling child is talking back to me and you know what i will continue this because i want this to be a part of my routine and my child will keep talking one day when my child is 11 12 13 teenage i know this is a phase of life where they get aloof from parents but i will try my best to still continue to talk to them so they know that the window of communication is there even if one sided the communication is there because once communication is closed i think the relationship the major chunk of the relationship is gone everything starts with communication conflict resolution or whatever starts with communication so that gateway is something you can never close 
never a communication between parent child should ever close so if your parent if your child is shutting it from you you continue what stops you your ego is it See, come on let us uh, understand our own trigger let us accept that yeah sometimes i am egoistic that is why i won't break the ice and go and talk to my child happens let us accept things when we start accepting our own failures only then we are going to be going beyond our failures right and within our when in our parenting when it is when it comes to parent child bond why to get this ego in between why can't we accept our flaws and work on it this is the most important relationship in our life how can we allow it to just go then we can work on it better late than never so communication even if today your child is 10 15 20 start communicating because if communication stops i don't know where it goes where the relationship goes after that then it becomes like a burden there and there is no like you can talk with them and communicate start communicating with them just little bit about how they are just start yeah, things. yeah that's or that's maybe hmm? i would say instead of asking how you are talk about yourself no oh, oh this pandemic happened and you know i felt this i felt that because we all have felt something talk about your feelings when you talk about your feelings the child will talk about his feelings right because that's how the communication happens two way automatically now brain know we have something called as mirror neuron so we copy so when one person is going on and on one day the child won't speak second day the child won't speak third day the child will just speak something yeah let's give that chance so communication is something i would say the most important thing don't ever let it go between your child and you when they are young we you know we are communicating but when they grow up it becomes less so just try to be aware if your communication is going down and one more thing when we are communicating with our younger children okay make eye contact many a times uh, i'm washing the vessels or i'm cooking and my children come and they keep talking they're talking 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 and i'm not able to listen to them you know what i do i tell them you know i'm really interested in listening to your story but right now i'm busy cooking can i listen to the story later or i say is, is it really urgent then i'll just quickly come so sometimes there have been times where i've been washing vessels but i have washed my hands i would be okay let me just finish the vessels later i would wash my hands sta- uh, stand in front of my child or you know sit in front of them and ask them to complete their story look at them so they have somebody who is looking at them and telling them stories and what kind of stories all those stories which i already know that this car went like this then that puzzle i made this way then red block i put and that i made a blue block and then oh you know when i put four and four blocks and it became eight blocks i know it but when the child says it you listen intently and you smile and you cheer for your child that is another that is communication that is listening actually listening to them being in their world that kind of communication we need to have for our children young children ಹೌ ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಶಿ ಬಿಕಮ್ ಸೋ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಪರ್ಟ್ ಇನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಲೈಕ್ ವಿ 
एक्सपर्ट बिकॉज बिकॉज अगेन एवरीथिंग इज फॉर बुक्स ओके एवरी नो नो इट्स लाइक एक्सपेरिमेंट हैव बीन डन एंड साइंटिस्ट एंड साइकोलॉजिस्ट हैव रिटन बुक्स एंड बेस्ड ऑन दोज बुक्स आई हैव अगेन एक्सपेरिमेंटेड ऑन माई चिल्ड्रेन वेरी लॉजिकलिक्शन टू रीजन वन इज बिकॉज इट हैज कम फ्रॉम साइंटिस्ट एंड रिसर्चर्स एंड साइकोलॉजिस्ट एंड सेकेंड इज आई हैव अप्लाइड इट ऑन माई चिल्ड्रेन आई आई सी द फर्स्ट हैंड रिजल्ट दैट्स वाई आई एम सो कन्विंस्ड ऑफ वॉट आई टॉक टूडे एंड आई नो इट वर्क आई हैव सीन इट <laughs> yeah that's like that's uh, i think reflect in your confidence because you can't say things that you didn't experience and didn't yes. apply in your life and like yes. another thing is like you talk about communication so well and i think the way we communicate we take our attention in there we take our time and energy and the thing is that in like uh, now this times like the technology social media and everything we like mm-hmm. pretend that we don't have time so for our uh, checking our own nonsense social media accounts and mm-hmm. <laughs> like we just pretend that we don't have time but we wasted to be see like other people social media accounts uh, in like the facebook and any other social media accounts because that's not useful than our child own and our mm-hmm. child also feel that they like mom didn't take time for me to see i scroll in because there is a feeling in them like unfulfillment when you yeah. nobody talking with you and you see other people life oh they are happy pose with their mother father and they say oh i enjoy my they say oh my really that kind of thing is also going on i also feel sometimes like when you see pics like with a child with their parents and they write down good vibes and that kind of things and you don't have a good connection with your parents you say like okay that kind of thing also going on so let's talk about that so uh, it's a effect because children yeah like two years child i think uh, I, in my neighborhood i see that they just spend uh-huh. like two and three hours in the youtube to watching some kind of random like uh, toy channel yeah right the screen time yeah okay okay so first is no screen time uh, it's a new age problem we are facing right now some studies have already been done see i can talk about the research part because i have been reading about research uh, and how much i have read about it see it's not totally bad because there's a lot of good content on the on youtube and all for children but i'll tell you one thing uh, my children are going to be 5 in 2 months i don't have tv at my place okay so my children do uh, have never watched tv in my house only when they go to grandparents house that's when they have access to tv uh, for me there's two reasons one is because um <clears throat> i believe the in this age first 5 6 years a child learns more hands on experience more of the things that they do like for example uh, i help them to knead the dough when they we need to make chapati let them touch it and you know do that all hands on stuff different sensorial activities i give them they cut with their scissors they do something or the other with their hands or by looking at uh, some uh, what do you say by reading books and all that not tv because tv i feel it's a two dimensional uh, stuff happening on the screen which is not what the children need before the age of 6 So it was a conscious decision that till our children turn five or six, we will not have TV. One is that, and second, I know that TV, the way the lights of the TV flash, 
they are very attractive for children forget for children even for us don't we like scrolling through sh- social media it's so attractive we know it is wrong we know it is not good for us but still we do it right with our fully developed brains children are definitely going to slip in more and more once they start feeling that as attractive and once they find tv attractive their interest from books may go down was my fear i am a person who loves reading and i wanted my children also to love reading to enjoy reading so we have lots of books inside right now in my house i have more than 70 books so uh, because i didn't want them to go off books that's why i kept them off tv and whatever information they want on tv or animal planet or solar system i got books of all those uh, things age appropriate thing and i have it for them so they do that now there are parents who find it difficult because yeah we are busy uh, in our day to day life and tv is something once you put it on the children would just sit in front of the tv and you are able to do their your work okay fine fair enough uh so for that i would say there are some guidelines issued by you know un and that is that uh, for the first two years just avoid screen of any sort for your children and after that for two to five years i think it's half an hour or one hour is what you can allow for their eyes and for their brain development i think that is maximum which you can allow now you as parents need to put boundaries on your child that you are going to be allowed to watch only for 30 minutes or for how much ever time you decide as a family rule like the parents or whoever is in the family they all decide together collectively that this much is the amount of time you are going to be watching the tv now it is difficult to stop a child from watching tv you're watching something very interesting okay if for example you're watching football and just when that uh, footballer goes to kick a goal and your mom puts off the tv how frustrating it is child goes through the same thing okay so when a child is watching tv 5 minutes before you switch off the tv you let your child know that listen you seem to be really enjoying watching the tv and now we have 5 minutes to go okay so next 5 minutes have a lot of fun watching tv okay so the child you've connected to your child you have also acknowledged to your child that i know you are having fun you know and you have also made a clear set limit that is only 5 minutes more and there after 5 minutes you come and respectfully tell your child okay it's time to put off the tv either you put it off or you tell your child to put it off so the child feels that the child has the power to put it off okay you do that have these boundaries if you cannot remove screen time from your child's life have boundaries and be consistent with the boundaries don't say ha aaj ek din 5 minutes extra yeah yeah it's okay one day if you start doing that if you show inconsistency the child picks up on your inconsistency and then every day there would be something or the other and your child will try to make you dance according to their own uh new made rules so you make the rules and stick to that i would say that and in spite of doing all this if your child feels that no i want to watch more tv i would say just put it off your child would cry but see you are the parent you need to understand what is good what is not good for your child's eye for your child's brain development 
there will be tantrum which comes with that you will have to handle it in fact uh, i'll be conducting a workshop soon where i will be talking about the effective steps of tantrum management where um, you could handle any kind of tantrum uh, whether it's happening in a shopping mall whether it's happening during meal time or whether it's happening for screen time so there are some steps we will talk about so uh you just need to handle your the tantrum of the child be for the child for that moment acknowledging their feeling be calm consistent gentle respectful that time will pass your child will cool down after some time but your child will also learn that what my mama says she does it your consistency is what your child will see there and you know what your child will respect you for that when the child grows what my mama says she definitely does you uh, so i just uh, like you talk about in very like in very i think amazing way how like the times and everything in very scientific way sorry mm-hmm. and i think that's uh, so uh, interesting for me also like the so parents should have to know all this kind of research and everything is going on and i think that's uh, also um, want a lot of effort and they should have to be take time for Uh, they busy schedule and give time to their child about psychology and all this thing is going on in this world and you get i think so freely on this uh, uh, internet it's called internet and google and if you search <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like we talk about this uh, amazing things that uh, communication attentions and but i think the most important things i think is from our ancestors and from our elders also they talk about values and like values is most important things uh, nothing important that values keep your own family values and our society value mm-hmm. values 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 and yeah. we just lose this kind of values as a new generation we are as we called it and like a smart generation and that kind of mm-hmm. what we use but we don't just uh, like adding value to other people life our own our own life we don't live a life with our own values set and when mm-hmm. Uh, sit over uh, on child and then we know that's like i am not who i am because i'm not uh, uh, live my life according to my own values so talk mm. about a uh, little bit values and how you uh, as a parents so like implementing that value to in your child yeah so values are something which you cannot directly teach as much as you can teach by role modeling now for example one thing if i have to talk about the value uh, about lying okay so if you want to teach your child to not lie it means to start with you not lying to your child by telling uh, mama will give you ice cream after dinner and then you don't give that ice cream after dinner that means you have lied to your child or sometimes you know uh, there is a phone call uh, from your office and then you tell your child okay uh, if there is a phone call from the office tell uh, papa is not at home so you have made your child lie there so here you cannot teach your child to talk the truth uh to be a truthful person if you as a parent hasn't modeled the value of being truthful and values are something which the children will pick up from the way we live when they see the way the parents live they pick it up that way you can teach uh, you can say something some tidbits here and there they will question why is this important why do we have to do it this way so those kind of resistance will come and you know what resistance from children is good that means that they are normal children who want to learn who want to understand so why not just answer no when your children today 
they would resist some things that you talk you know you would say you're supposed to do this in a particular way your child will ask why mama i have to do it in this particular way then you need to answer why it has to be done that way you know why the child needs to keep asking the question why because one day your child is going to be 15 16 and that time there is a possibility that in college somebody is going to come and tell just take one puff of this smoke just take this weed just try it once your child needs to question that person and say why you know for that kind of thing let your child keep asking you why and you keep answering about the why now you have values every family has a different set of values what works in your family possibly is not happening in my family does that mean that one family is better than the other no so every family has their own set of values you need to just teach our children why we have those values whenever they ask why and you keep role modeling you cannot force something on your child you can maybe force only till the time the child is under your wing once the child grows up the children are going to be doing what they want to do so if by role modeling whatever you could teach by connecting you know having a connection based parenting respectfully whatever you could teach that will remain otherwise you cannot force values on your children and i think nobody can so after a certain bit of time that child to become a yeah, adult and like a a i think uh, a citizen and that's like he is going to be like rule society and their family and the same value reflect in their own life if they don't just don't take effort to change themselves make themselves better and i think the other uh, argument that i hear mostly and i think you hear more than me because you are talking a lot with parents like that nobody teaches about parenting so how can we learn that uh, that's why we behave in that way i think people just want to like they'll blame other people am i right yeah so one is you need to take the onus on yourself and it's right nobody teaches about parenting there is no manual for parenting so you need to take that effort you need to start reading up on parenting and today we have lots of resources on parenting if you want to start there are facebook pages on instagram there are parents and there are books if you want proper i went into proper books because there are some instagrams which say do this do that and i really don't find them scientific and i would not do that but scientists i would go into science bad stuff so there are resources available for parents if you want and uh, you can start practicing right away whatever stage of life you are in whether you are already a parent of a 2 uh, year old or 12 year old you could start right away yeah that's the things and i think for uh, for my perspective i also want to say that like uh, parents or anybody they should have to be know this kind of things i am not a parent not mm-hmm. married but i think <laughs> this they yeah, are this topic fascinated me because i am a child like a young uh, teenager <laughs> and i think Uh, these things matter you also know that other people behave parents mindset and everything and i think the reading books that help you a lot and i think you yeah. also don't force your child but yeah you just give them books and you talk about that like books is a great way and not just don't trust mostly instagram pages because most parents do no, go. i won't i won't say please please uh-huh. don't get me wrong i won't say don't go to instagram pages people instagramers will come behind me don't no no i don't say that see because see on instagram uh, what i've seen is uh-huh. many people they become parents uh, whatever they do on their child and it works for them 
and they think this is how it works and they tell the whole world that this is how it should work but something that has worked for your child may not work for everybody right so that is why i go for research back books now for example i'll tell you very recently on instagram i had um, come across where uh, somebody spoke about distracting children when they are having tantrums and it's a very common thing you know uh, to distract a child or oh, the child wants a new toy you go to the shop and you the child wants a new toy immediately see see look look out look at the bird look at the bird you know you distract when you're trying to feed your ch- child you don't sit on the dining table and feed you look keep the child near the window look at that bird look at that car look at that uncle and you going on stuffing food in the mouth you're distracting the child every way everywhere and then if you think about mindfulness mindfulness and distraction are complete opposite today everybody with their stress and anxiety are looking into meditation yoga mindfulness mindfulness is being in the here and being in the now and then you tell the distraction is a method for discipline so that now today you'll distract your child and when the child is 30 40 50 they will go for a meditation center and learn about mindfulness and unlearn what all this about distraction you parents have taught you know so this is something about distraction which some instagrammer had put which i didn't agree on you know so uh, that's why i am not so much into i would not take so many parenting tips from instagram as much as i would take from uh, books scientists what what scientists have spoken what experiments have been done and based on that what you uh, results you've got i would use that i think that's uh, as a right way for my perspective also then you could just yeah like also you can like listen long hours conversation not just like 2 and 3 minutes clips they talk about do these things and just be a perfect uh, and like perfect parents and you just rock in your like that kind of thing people like this clip like uh, 15 million and people because that show that's how parents are insecure and they feel that like they are not perfect yeah i'm right and yeah, like uh, yeah 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 Mm-hmm. You, you just need to yeah that what you said was so right you just need to you know uh, make parents feel more insecure make them feel so useless that they come back to you <laughs> that is one marketing gimmick many people who want to do business they do but no uh, there are some uh, there are some no there are many uh, people doing good work also there but see i would say one thing uh, your parenting needs to be uh, with a purpose with a purpose of how you want to see your child it should not be based on fear or anxiety okay so sometimes we are having fear that my child is not going to turn up like my neighbor's child what if my child is not able to do this what if this that anxiety and the stress that takes over and that makes you do so many things and there we don't realize that every child is different whether it is in academics in athletics sports it's being creative in your coloring and all uh, every child has different kind of intelligence right now we only think about iq but every child has different types of intelligence some have eq some have linguistic some have uh, naturalistic so there are nine types of intelligence and your child may be having a different kind of an intelligence so you don't compare your child with your neighbor's child and push your child because that is 
your fear based parenting you you fearful you're anxious that what would happen to my child you fear that your child may be lagging behind and that fear you're just passing on to your child so sometimes as parents it is good that we take a pause and look at our own self when you do something why am i doing this when for example even when your child asks you questions so mama aap aise kyu kar rahe ho sometimes feel how dare my child question my authority so this is actually about your own self it's not about your child it's about your own self likewise if in the garden you see if in a park you see your child going and hitting some other child you immediately are on your guard oh my god my child is hitting another child my child is going to be turn uh, turning out to be a bully oh, oh my god now the other child's parents will come and tell me oh how is my parenting people are going to be blaming me for my parenting so all the fear comes to you before you go and address the situation of why your child is hitting the other child you already thinking of so many other th- other things based on your past or based on your assumption of the future so dear parents we need to pause take a step back and analyze your situation before we act on a situation analyze it act it in the present in the now and think why are you doing this as parents we have brain children don't really have that right still developing so we are the brain of the child so you Oh, you act if you are also going to shout when the child shouts and you are also going to shout there are two shouting people and nothing is going to happen anyway you are the parent you step back take a pause step back that will help yeah i, I just agree with that so i like every parent should have to do that like this kind of things but i think uh, you talk about like uh, how uh, they see uh, their child as a in future and i think for my perspective is that like most people uh, yeah I see this in a career context but i think it's a human being context like is that your child be compassion loved and give other people things that he or need to be do and be honest and that in that way in a human way uh, all the parents have to be see their child in the future and like how they are going good to be like contribute in the society how to they will to add value to other people lives and that's i think the most important for my perspective and i think from a society perspective that's going to be help us and yeah to be help other people and uh, uh, i also want to talk about the other things like uh, like you talk about uh, every child is special and that kind of things but uh, i also see i think uh, mostly in indian perspective we just want to our child like so secure like we just don't want to when them to be outside in the park alone or someone bully them someone hurt them and like what they say and whenever they are just doing something that uh, we thinks like that might going to be hurt them little bit stop it don't wow. do that don't beta mat kar mat kar or any that's kind of thing like why just we just so consumed by things like we thinks like it's our like we just over react in this parent thing yes. i think most parents do yes. and i see in my neighborhood let's talk about your experience with that so what exactly how exactly you do in that sort of times because you are uh, i think make uh, taking balance in your life but uh-huh. like majority of parents okay so here again so to see your child disappointed now you ask any parent what do you want for your child what do you think is the reply i think so, like uh, is that like they will be uh, safe and like 
I I I think that's the thing because I'm not parent. So, yeah. I I'll tell you every parent you ask any parent uh-huh. what do you want for your child they would say I want my child to be happy. Yeah. Happy every man. child every parent wants their child to be happy. Okay? Mm-hmm. And they would do anything to keep their child happy. New toy okay a new frock uh, want to go and see a new place anything you would do to keep your child happy we parents think that we are the flag bearers of our children's happiness so if there is something which is going to happen which is going to make our child sad or disappointed or frustrated we might as well not have that around the child okay so that is automatically because we want our child to be happy we are doing everything to do uh, we we do everything so that our child is happy all the time and not sad so that is why we try to keep them away from disappointment at every step now what happens here is your child today is shielded you are going to shield your child as much as you can but there will be one stage in life when the child will go out and face the world outside and at that time the reality will hit but your child is not equipped of how to deal with this disappointment with this sadness because in life that is going to come some or the other way once the child is going to grow up and grow up and go to the outside world and disappointment is going to come that time your child will just stand there still frozen not knowing what to do or maybe run back to mama dada mama dada do something but at that point if your child is young and your child is facing disappointment today it is like small disappointment you know oh my toy is broken oh my mummy is not giving me chocolate those are all small things not eating chocolate is a small thing but uh, for a child that is a very big thing for us the big problems are you know a uh, share market has crashed that is our problem but for a child or oh, the building blocks that they made that fell down that is a big problem for our child so everybody has different kind of problem so now when a child is into that problem that oh my god my blocks fell down oh my god my this broke oh my mama is not giving me chocolate the child is going to be disappointed it's very easy for us to say oh no my child is going to be disappointed this just one chocolate let me just give it now oh it's a toy which is broken let me just buy a new toy you know what is happening you are not allowing your child to face disappointment so the brain as i said you know the brain is getting wired so by not allowing your child to be disappointed you're not allowing your child's brain to develop in a way where it can handle disappointment your child is going to grow up without being able to handle disappointment so instead if when they are young itself when these small problems happen you teach them how to tackle oh yeah i really wish that uh, oh you really wish you could have the uh, chocolate but uh, you know going to have i know you is sad but you know we just cannot have it the child is going to be sad but the child is going to realize so that disappointment okay the child is feeling disappointment one then again something happens the toy breaks and then the child says oh no the toy is broken and then you sit with your child connect with your child i know the toy is broken it's so sad you just wish you really love this toy and then that's broken and just sit with the toy uh, sit with the child the child gets disappointment the child is learning it's like you know how you to work out your muscles the more you do like uh, for your biceps you 
lift weights no it's exactly like that the more you do the more it grows the more the child gets disappointed when they are younger the more they are trained to be uh, to face disappointment so tomorrow something major also happens in their life they already know how to take care of disappointment because since younger days they have gotten used to that their brain has gotten formed to face disappointment as compared to another child who doesn't know how to face disappointment because parents have just taken away everything that can disappoint them in fact even one thing i have also faced this when uh, i be I've, i've seen other children also even for myself the moment we fall down the image reaction of our parents is oh you fell down chalo go and hit the floor we have faced it right you are walking you are a child you are playing you fall down and then you tell your child oh what happened what happened you got hurt hit the floor or hit the stone why did you hit my baby aisa you say this you know what you are teaching your child when you fall down you blame the floor exactly this is what we are doing blaming others instead if you tell the child you talk properly you will not fall down as simple as that when a child falls down you say no no nothing happened nothing happened it has happened the child has fallen down why can't you just accept it the child was walking the child was playing the child fell down the child has gotten hurt why are we not accepting the situation what is there at hand we are diverting we are blaming others but we are not accepting what is and this is what the child practices all through the life because again the brain is getting wired that way everything is happening in the brain everything is neuroscience and like that's the things like uh, we are being like i think uh, this kind of failure and sadness the make a child more happy after mm-hmm. a certain period of time this adverbs and like the more you register them to be being a disappointed being a failures uh, mm-hmm. and to fail it as many as task uh, I think that after a certain bit of time in their life, uh, like they will be uh, like success in any way. But I think life uh, give you uh, many setback, uh, the emotional levels, and if you don't have, like you don't fail much, then you just and can't avert that uh, things in suddenly because uh, that's uh, so much unexpected going on in our life. And I think you talk about a lot emotional intelligence, yeah, and <laughs> yeah, I agree. I hope that I just want to talk about this topic in the end because I think that will be going to be heavy for in when we like starting point and I'm also so fascinating about this topic because I talk with uh, many other people and guests on the podcast but never talk about this in context of a parent and child mm-hmm. and like just talk about it like how you just uh, be I think this is a, like a big part of a child's life and everyone else like feel angry aggressive and that kind of things feel happy let's talk about it like uh, in which way you want like first thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh, emotional intelligence is uh, it's when i was growing up i don't think we were talking about emotional intelligence it's a new thing which has come and it was quite fascinating when i uh, read about it so uh, and then it was given more importance like scientific studies again scientific studies that again attract me and they were talking more about uh, how eq emotional quotient emotional intelligence being more uh, important these days than iq so i was reading about it and i in fact i bought a book of 
Daniel Goleman. He he has written this wonderful book on emotional intelligence. Okay, so I started reading that book, and for parent to bring about a change, the change has to be first within you. Only then you can bring about the change in your children. So likewise, I would uh, I would accept one thing that I am not an emotionally intelligent person. I have worked on myself to get some level of emotional intelligence so that I can teach it to my children. If I am not an emotionally intelligent person, I will not be able to teach my children. So I started upskilling myself, learning about it and trying to put it on uh, applying it on myself. So the first thing about emotional intelligence is to have self awareness. awareness about your own self that is the first thing only when you are aware of your own feelings only then you will be aware of other people's feeling right only then you will be able to regulate your feeling only then you will be able to show empathy so the first thing is to have self awareness see for example now uh, you are not married you only heard stories about marriage and you are not a parent you only heard stories about uh parenting and all if today i talk to you about parenting and the struggle you will not be able to you are hearing it as a knowledge but you will not be able to resonate much with that because you haven't felt it from inside within you likewise if a person hasn't understood their own feeling they, they are not aware of their own emotions and what they are going through inside how are they ever going to understand what the person in front is going, is going through So such a person who is not self-aware can never empathize with others. So when you cannot empathize with others, then there comes your social skills, conflict resolution, management, leadership. All this you take it back. The foundation is self-awareness. The cornerstone and the foundation of EQ is self-awareness. So then that's where I started working with my children. how do i make them self aware is when they are doing something some work they are building puzzles or you are building puzzles and they say yes mama i am building puzzles you are aware of your action okay second most important thing is being aware of your emotion how did i do that again role modeling keep talking about my emotion with i am happy i am excited sometimes we decide we go to a park and we are excited about it but we don't say it but then make it a point to tell it to your child i am so excited we are all going to the park today wow i am so happy that uh, today uh, we are going to be having fried rice for dinner say things all these things repeat it talk about feelings i feel this i feel that the child starts talking because then the child feels oh okay so i'm supposed to talk about feelings huh then the child becomes aware what am i feeling right now okay i'm feeling this okay fine i would say this so that is how you start by role modeling you start getting awareness to your children like your children start becoming aware of their own self and sometimes it doesn't come naturally to them you could just say yeah we were just going to go to the park but now we are not going what do how do you feel now child would say i'm sad you know that way you get awareness first is to keep getting awareness to their feelings then while they are growing 
first the child only learns about happy sad angry increase the emotional vocabulary talk about more feeling like for example i have uh, i have twins and they tend to have fight and sometimes obviously any two people would always fight and twins fight like anything so whenever they would fight and is the mistake of one person evidently i can see that person has made a mistake and when we do this conflict management and everything and finally then you know you talk about introduce new vocabulary uh, like once my son said uh, i feel bad that i did this to her i then i told him maybe you're feeling guilty of what you've done so he looked at me and he said guilty so that is the first time he heard the word guilty so that's how you increase your child's vocabulary instead of saying i'm happy to go to the park you say yeah we are so excited to go to the park Oh, we are thrilled to travel by the aeroplane. So, by saying these things, you increase the emotional literacy, the vocabulary of the feeling and emotion words that they use. So then they again go deeper into their awareness. And we would think that small children cannot. We are wrong. Small children can. They are able to. Even at this young age, they are not even five, and I have seen them. doing this they are getting more and more deeper aware of their feelings the small feelings here and there uh, are you uh, sad and then you would say no i'm not so sad but i'm very upset you know all those things small differences here and there they start getting it while while they are so young self awareness is one thing or this second is um to regulate themselves once you're aware of what you are going through then you need to even regulate like when you angry you sometimes just go and start hitting things it's normal why because right now when you're angry your reactive brain is active okay your uh, hypothalamus is your reptilian brain so we have two parts of the brain one is a thinking brain one is a emotional brain okay which is not thinking it only works on emotions so your emotional brain is right now reacting and it's active your brain is not thinking so you'll just go and hit something you'll you know try to hit someone or you may injure yourself or throw some things around so at that point when you see your child doing that get awareness to your child you are angry that is why you are going to hit your sister you know something like that get awareness to the child's feeling get awareness to the child's action so by saying this what we are doing is we are automatically uh, going and getting the thinking brain also activated so uh, there is a psychologist dr daniel uh, dr daniel dan siegel he has spoken about this he calls it name it to tame it you name the emotion automatically you think about this the child doesn't even realize you know he is getting angry suddenly he starts throwing things around at that point you say i can see you are angry that is why you are throwing things around automatically the child realizes oh yeah i'm angry i'm throwing things around so this is where you get self awareness and then the child pauses because your thinking brain has suddenly gotten activated your child pauses you be with your child allow the child to regulate allow the child to cry we cannot see our children cry that's why we say oh nothing happened there is nothing to cry why are you making a mountain out of a mole refrain from all that allow your child to cry your child will cry be there connected respectfully be around your child let your child keep crying 
let your child hug you cry sometimes the child is screeching shouting you just say i hear you you are screeching you are shouting these are all small ways where your child is trying to regulate then you teach a child how to pause how to breathe to breathe in breathe out and you know for this also i have done one thing what i do is when i get angry i tell my children i'm angry right now so i'm going to do deep breathing and then they have seen me how i do you know inhale deep inhale deep exhale and now they try to copy me so when they're angry they try to do that i'm telling you children this age you could make them do anything by role modeling you do it and they'll copy you so sometimes i've seen my children doing this okay now mama i will also do deep breathing i'm angry i'll do deep breathing initially it's difficult but eventually slowly slowly the brain is getting wired to regulate so they start regulating their own self they take pause they start taking deep breath in fact you can also teach them you know sometimes you're in a particular place and there you have had a conflict with somebody you go to the other room and sit to introspect children this young can also do even four year old children can do it so why not we and we can this is a teachable skill self awareness emotional regulation these are all teachable we can teach it to our children even this young but the only thing is we need to know it first yeah. we need to learn about it we need to know it apply it on our own self because at this age we can role model so they are seeing that and i am seeing them aping me sometimes uh, my son goes to the other room and he sits and uh, say mama i'm cooling down that way and sometimes when i am angry and i go and sit in the other room and then my children come in and they ask me mama have you cooled down and i'll be like yeah i've cooled down i'm coming out right now so the child understands that there is something called as emotional regulation we need this otherwise what is the other option nahi nahi kuch nahi hua keep in all this thing stays inside so sigmund freud had mentioned about this that all these unhealthy emotions if they don't come out it stays in and one day it is going to come it's like how uh, lava volcano erupts lava is there inside 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 and one day it will just hard come out so one day it would come and that you never know when that day would be when that moment would be when that occasion would be but it would just come out so why not we allow our children all that regulation emotional regulation to happen right at home when you are around because you are the most safest place right for your child so let so let your child regulate with you together so this is the second aspect of uh, emotional regulation now if you uh talk about leadership why leadership and emotional intelligence which people talk about that is because of uh, uh this empathy you know we need to empathize like leaders also now everything is about collaboration it's not about i am the boss and you are below me and all it's all about collaboration we are all equal and all that so a leader needs to empathize with their subordinates you cannot just show an authority now the times are changed see that's what i said it, you cannot have what you had before when the boss is the boss and subordinates are low we are all collaborating likewise a leader needs to have empathy and that empathy can be taught to children 
this young so i was lucky in a way because i have two children of the same way and i have to share, show uh, teach them both empathy so when there is a fight between both of them and uh, i cannot take sides you know parents should ideally not be a referee the sibling rivalry we don't want them to happen so whoever is at fault don't just blame that child so just be around both of them you can talk privately but don't blame them immediately so i would sit and uh, i would see the person who is crying and uh, i would talk to the other child who oh, this one is crying what she would be feeling right now or what he must be going through right now and then they look at the person hmm, i think she'll be sad that way and likewise now they are four and a half so you know instead of just telling you took away the toy and now he is crying instead of saying that if you say you took away the toy na from him i saw you just something along that line you have taken away his toy i wonder how he would be feeling or maybe say something like if someone takes your toy away how do you feel then you know the child puts them in that other person's shoe ha ah, i think he'll be upset now so see you don't have to teach them or you don't have to advise them you just have to coach them and guide them and empathy is a skill it's a big skill the life skill which children adults don't have and you can teach it to children as young as 4 or 5 year old it doesn't come up easily but it can come if you go stage wise no self awareness emotional regulation empathy it happens you can do that and when you are able to empathize the conflict resolution part is taken care of right so fights are going to happen every day with your spouse with your colleagues even when you're traveling on the local train also you can fight you can fight with everybody conflicts are going to happen everywhere you need to know how to resolve it you cannot run away because even if you run away those unhealthy are emotions are there inside you which is going to come out some way right so might as well resolve it so that's how after showing empathy you can resolve it this is and you know uh, from parents how parents can help them resolve this like for example if you have i can give example of two children i okay so they i i just tell them what i have seen i saw you taking the toy away from him and then he got angry and he pushed you just say don't say this is right or that is wrong and why did you do this why did you do that trust your child they will figure it out as a parent you don't have to be the referee not so soon if need be maybe but trust the child and their intelligence they will be able to handle when you have taught them those steps no of self awareness and uh, uh, emotional regulation and empathy conflict management will also happen it will come and then they will think yeah this one took the toy okay i pushed okay so how does this one feel when you take the, he takes away the toy Mm, he feels angry. If somebody pushes, how do you feel? Ah, uh, he feels this. So you know they are feel feeling for each other that way. So that way, okay. And then they talk to each other. I didn't like when you pushed took away my toy. And then when this one say, okay, I didn't like when you pushed me because I took the toy. Okay. So that's how the small children are also talking to each other and resolving their conflict. 
this is emotional intelligence which you can start right now don't have to wait for them to be adults and go and get some certification of emotional intelligence yeah, yeah. it is a teachable skill which can be taught to children this young i've done it so i can speak <laughs> like you do like i would think like a parents can imagine and and i think like uh, when we talk about like these things like it's don't just only the children needs i think a lot of parents and everybody need this kind of i think it's just basic thing emotional intelligence if you don't yes. like control your emotions how like it's very hard going on in yeah. your life also like uh, things just i'm telling you i i'm also learning i'm not a master at that i'm learning seriously and we can keep learning it's a lifelong thing we can keep learning you can only become more and more emotional intelligent you know that way so i'm also learning every time i read the book i feel i find something new i read articles i feel i feel i find something new the only thing is i find it something i apply it and i apply it on my children also you know they are equipped because see if nothing a pandemic has taught us something we are adaptable we need to start teaching that to our children some skills about resilience about all these things manage their emotions and accept their emotions all these things are so important we need to do it right away i mean as early when you learn that we have to do it just start doing it for your children it's never too late even when a child is 8 9 10 today my children are 4 but even if your child is 14 start it right away what stop you just like do it and that's i think that's the beautiful things like our emotions you understand sir, and you feel emotion and you feel fulfilled uh, like uh, mm. for being happy and everything like we talk about happiness and everything and the most important things and i think uh, i just little bit uh, studied this kind of uh, read this kind of journal about study and research and one is that's so like uh, the loved and the uh, the child who just loved more uh, through uh, from their parents uh, they just feel fulfilled more in their life and be happy more yes. in their life yes. and uh, most people parents like uh, think in logical way but you are also uh, think in logical way but also uh, apply in a very practical <laughs> and emotional way yes. Yes. <laughs> so not totally logical but i think yeah like uh, talk about that like how to wish you our child that we love them because most parents uh, love their child they can do anything mm-hmm. they can i think die for them but uh, they are never able to show them like i love you and yeah. they children children don't just give uh, like take effort to know that if my father is love me or not uh, and yes. i think his father has written me to rule but yeah <laughs> talk about that no, okay so we don't really show it especially when our children start growing up we this when our children are babies we are always cuddling with them and when they grow up suddenly we just stop even hugging them you know all that happens slowly slowly that keeps happening so every parent every parent love their children they have the best of intentions for the children but the children won't know of the love or those intention unless it is constantly communicated so again as i said when the children are younger you keep on telling them you cuddling with them oh you so cute you my sweet baby and all we go on but as the children start growing and then they start arguing with you you know that thing starts and our ego comes in between and then we and then even we are not our parents didn't keep telling you i love you when we were 12 15 20 and all they were not saying it though we could see it in the actions we were not really saying it 
somewhere uh, parents just stop saying it they shy away from saying it but i think that is something you need to keep telling a simple thing i love you i'm proud of you what you did is amazing uh, how i do it for my children is i give um, as much as possible something called as positive attention for each child 10 to 15 minutes each day so if it is uh, like for 6 to 6:15 it is me with my son 6:15 to 6:30 it is me with my daughter so what happens at that point it is just me and my that particular child my mobile is not in that in my room at that point okay and we i am in his world or her world whatever game you want whatever toy you want to play i am going to be yours you are going to be mine and it is our world for the next 15 days and sometimes we just dance sometimes we play snake and ladder sometimes we play car so in those 15 minutes the child feels so happy that my mama has been only mine the child understands that the child is loved second thing what i do is every morning when my children wake up even if i'm making breakfast i put my gas stove off i walk out of the kitchen i go on the bed i cuddle with them oh what a beautiful day what a beautiful morning you look so fresh and all that take about 2 3 minutes there it's like affirmation time connection time before sleeping also in fact before we started recording the podcast i finished all that cuddling out with my children oh it was an awesome day it is so awesome uh, we had such lovely food you i'm so happy that i'm your mom all those things we keep saying we reiterating look into their eyes hold their hand and tell them you have to see the way the expression in the eye changes when you do that when you say that when you say that i'm so lucky to be your mother oh i said that to my daughter today also and then yeah mama and then she was like she'll always correct me yeah like as if you know she wants validation and i say yeah yeah i'm so lucky to be your mama and then she hugged me so children need this that they are loved and you know love with love we can change things because love will always have that power connection will always have the power fear they are going to outgrow one now they are babies once they grow up they are going to outgrow fear but uh, love is something which will only keep growing they will never outgrow the love so uh, these small moments of communication complete one on one and just telling them that i love you you're precious i'm so proud of you and uh, how amazing what you what you're doing is amazing you're an amazing person you know all those things not on looks and all na you are beautiful and all nothing on those lines you smart and all no just how precious you are you do everything so well you know all those small things uh keeps us bonded we have uh, meals together as many meals as possible breakfast is together dinner is together lunch i have it with my children because my husband is at work how much ever time you get to bond take that opportunity to bond we play board games together even now like snake and ladder and all that so take all those opportunity to bond sometimes uh, when i'm cooking and then they don't want to play they sit around hang around there and they see how i'm cooking and we talk about food just something anything about food see now i put dal or see rice is hard now i'll put it in boiling water and it becomes soft so and they are also talking something they are constantly connected 
that way when we are giving them attention positive attention making them feel important that whatever questions we are saying is important it is valid even whatever feelings you feeling whatever emotions you are feeling it is valid then they know that everything is valid and they are safe they are secure so such children are always bonded and connected and in love you know always it will always be there it can never go away it is that it will not be seen but it will always be there so parents from our side we need to just keep our ego a little aside and keep saying all these things let our children know we love them we are proud of them come what may let's not have conditions that if you do this then i love you no you i love you the way you are and then the child when the child knows my parents trust me so much children will not want to break that trust Oh my god it's going so heavy you know <laughs> like yeah the way explain takes in so beautiful way and this concept and oh. the love like you talk like your baby say yeah mom i also love you and that's so no. sweet. yeah that's so sweet. because while i was talking to you also i could remember it just happened uh, today evening and uh, we, we 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 had that conversation Uh-huh. this evening sometimes just any time any time random day you have that and i know how her expression changed and uh, all that so that is a bond we need and it's not only for the child even for parents 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 love it and yeah that, i think that's beautiful the way you connect with your child and i think you uh, like uh, Uh, show your love through your like whatsapp uh, dps and that kind of other thing so i think <laughs> yeah and that's so beautiful and uh, the other thing that uh, in my mind i think other i think first that a lot of people and parents going to be jealous uh, from you because you are seem so perfect to them and <laughs> so, so i i'm all ready to see i i am a dentist i am doing well in my profession i have no problems over that but this is something i want to let people know that you know we all can do all parents can do it i want to get it out to the world i want them to experience this kind of parenting and i want to tell them this parenting takes effort but it is very fulfilling and you will see the effects not now but for the years to come because we are building up children's brain the first 5 6 years we are building their brain and this is the foundation we are building and that the fruits of this foundation you will see forever You know, so it's like come with me and you know explore this gentle parenting and see how beautiful it is and how fulfilling it is. Planted. I want to share it to everyone. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I think uh, every parent can plant uh, uh, this seed in this monsoon, and I think that's the best way to do that. But like uh-huh. whenever we talk about parenthood, I think it just uh, I I just imagine it is just. automatically connect with the motherhood i think like <laughs> i think of from a mother's perspective because i'm a mother but because maybe because we have seen it that way parents go, fathers go to work mothers are the caretaker so we see it that way but i would say parenting is uh, both father and mother both both are very important uh, even for my children i would say though i spend a lot of time with them they are very much connected to their father oh. and it is all because of the effort that my husband has also put in 
it's uh, his work has not ever been limited to only uh, you know earning for the family he has been so much of a hands on father in fact he is the one who changed their first diaper given them their first bath and taught me how to swaddle the children you know when they are babies so he is that kind of hands on father so i would say father mother both are very important for a child's life and if we need to get any change in our parenting it starts with changing our own perspective towards parenting towards our own perspective towards our children the way we look at our children just imagine your child today who is 2 years old in 20 years from now is going to be 22 he's going to be a full grown adult so respect your child he's not going to be a baby forever respect give the respect you give to any human being because your child deserves it that's that's also beautiful the way i think you explain everything so beautifully ah uh, yeah uh, like when uh, like uh, i start like connecting with you and uh, i said that like i am going to talk about parenting good in a long conversation so that uh, i just uh, tell all the my audience and uh, then i get uh, got some of the questions so i am going to be ask you one and two uh, to you so yeah mm-hmm. and the okay. one yeah one from uh, sarita is that so like uh, uh, i am uh, not a good mother for so longer to uh, my boy and he is now uh, 14 and he is like uh, whenever i start talking with him he is like uh, uh, feel angry and didn't talk with me and feel discomfortable so where i should have to be start what exactly i need have to do because i just, now i got the time and everything and i just want to connect with him so how can i do that okay so the child is uh, not cool. wanting to connect with the mother uh, because okay. uh, for a long time they didn't talk much and because of the work uh, she is in other city and uh, the boy in a boarding school so that's the thing oh okay so so here a angry child is a hurt child hurt always comes out as anger okay so here the child needs to understand the story of the mother but for that to happen uh, first we need to have a connection so ideally i would say sit with your child now the child is 14 that means the child is into mid teenage okay uh, we the mother and the child just two of them need to sit face to face and the mother needs to honestly tell all the reasons that were there for her to send him to boarding school heart to heart whatever without manipulation this was the reason i had to do it this way be consistent because the truth can be only one just talk the truth to your child be connected and when you're connected sometimes tears come out let your child see it don't fight your tears when you're sad when you're going to tell your story your tears are going to come out be connected to your child pour out your story your child will take time it's not that you tell the story and immediately your child will be like oh mama everything is okay no that won't happen give your child time and when you tell your story also tell the child I understand that you feel sad you feel upset that you've been away from mama for this long or something you know you need to show that you understand your child's uh, situation 
you while you express your situation don't go on like what else could have i done this is the best i could do don't try to justify just say this is what happened this is what i did and i understand what you must be feeling you please tell me whatever you want want to say let your heart out i'm your mama i love you even if you hate me i love you let her be consistent on that i think yeah it's going to be a lot of work and yeah yeah it is going to be but you know truth connection truth love when these three things come together it will take time but this is the only formula yeah and i would say do it then afterwards you don't want to live with a regret that i didn't try do it yeah the second one is that from jinisa and she talk about that she is in her fourth month of the pregnancy and she like she loved to become a mother what mm-hmm. she applied that after becoming mother so all her response because she loves uh, she like she loves the babies but i think see uh, here other mothers like talk about uh, all i think the effort and the things they like uh, have to do uh, for the babies and so she also felt that is that a good uh, way to like how can she also uh, also be a free can she become a free mother after like having babies how can she be a what mother like a freedom and do everything she want freedom. yeah i know there's some kind of barriers and resistance going on uh, but see, yeah see i will tell uh, to be honest uh-huh. there are going to be changes which are going to happen now like, even with me uh, like before my children were born me and my husband we could just decide take a backpack and on a weekend just move out catch a train and just go out now we cannot do that we now we have to plan out things when the children come we need to plan out the child safety security that comes in the picture we cannot just go to any resort now when we go we see to it that the resort is clean there are no insects and uh, there are no uh, there is good food and all that but when children were not there that was not the case so life changes and i think that is what life is all about if it is exactly going to be like how it was before the child was born then what is the fun of having a child and somewhere your child grounds you you know uh, in hindi we say the sthirta stability the child gets it and it is going to be very fulfilling if you are now itself thinking that my freedom is going to go and all that i'm telling you you will resent your child you would always blame your child you are getting the child in the world the child has not told you get me in the world and then if you are going to say that the child is going to hamper the freedom it was i would say it was your choice if you want to keep thinking about it that my freedom will go freedom will go the freedom will become less but by saying it in a negative connotation you are going to get resentment in your relationship it would reflect in the way you are you would deal with your child even though you would love your child but you know there is a small amount of disconnect which you will have so instead of seeing the negative try try seeing the positive see so many good things are going to happen you are going to experience unconditional love in your love in your life motherhood love in the purest purest form and i'll tell you something i feel parents uh, Uh, we we say no we love our children unconditionally i feel children love us unconditionally because they accept you as you are but we try to change children 
we try to make them like neighbor's child but they would never make you like neighbor auntie they love you like you are oh my god this is very hard hitting yeah, that unconditional love you will get from your child and the third one is the last one is that from sajis and he had uh, like a one year uh, married is uh, you talk about like uh, when the right time to being a parent because his family forcing him and her his wife to like uh, being a parent so when uh, they have to be told that what's the best uh, like is this right time after how many years after marriage they have to be know that this is the right time for my, like a being a parent and having a baby is uh, right the, time yeah. right time to be the parent is when the mother and father both feel ready to be parents okay and what is is there any symptoms that they feel like how they know i like is there any preparation they have to do before that or like uh, now is there any things are this automatically just go in the way see if you feel you know sometimes uh, you see other children and then you feel yeah. maternal instincts or paternal instincts rise and then you feel okay you are ready for that lots of things like now in india things are so expensive also so in the financial family circumstance everything is there but having said that you are the one to decide not your mother father or uncle auntie only the husband and wife they decide and one thing when you decide to be parents you need to be sure of you know your relationship with each other it has to be with total love because pregnancy and post delivery lots of problems happen hormonal and all that you know because see between husband wife whenever a third person comes there is a problem and even when the third person is your own child there is going to be problem you know your bond has to be strong till the child is not there no work on making your bond strong with each other don't allow any third person in law be able to and to tell anything you make your bond strong you will feel from within that you're ready and you will have it you'll have a baby because that's uh, like a long journey and hard, hard journey in your futures and like uh, this is the audience questions and uh, in the last part i ask uh, five questions every guest and Uh, like you so uh, i made already the five questions and you, uh, i'm going to ask you the question but you have to be answer each one of them in one sentence okay i one know one sentence like yeah, a rapid fire <laughs> yeah just rapid fire okay okay and that's interesting hmm, so the number one thing is that what's the worst advice that you uh, ever give to someone about parenthood that i would give someone yeah uh, you already give given that someone given someone the worst worst advice about the parenthood to someone uh, and you regret now no not yet really not yet <laughs> not yet not yet oh i don't regret at least none of them i have given lots of advice but none where i have to regret no okay and what's the one uh, like a best advice that you ever give to someone and that changed what that person life Yeah, the best advice which one of my friends said is uh, when I told her that the child you see today is going to be an adult tomorrow. He's going to be a full-grown man. So why are you being disrespectful, uh, disrespectful to him today? Okay. So that when I said she's like, my God, you changed the way I look at my son. Okay. So that one is yeah. Yeah, and just uh, give uh, the first answer that come on your mind. Third one is that uh, whom you love uh, most, uh, your boy or your girl? No, equal. Oh no! Like, oh my God! Like they are just twins, na? Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> equal, 